Welcome to another exciting weekend message from Encounter Church. For more information, visit us online at EncounterPGH.com. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. If this is your first time with us, I want to give you a personal welcome. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, If you're joining us on the podcast as well, thank you for listening. It's the new year, everybody. Brand new year. Lots of good things in store. I think every one of us has dreams and goals and ideas of what they want to accomplish this year. Every year, people always inevitably feel the need to get skinnier and uh, to start counting calories and to start working out. I know that I have. I have re-downloaded the Counting Calorie app. I think I got Lose It this year instead of... uh, my fitness pal, and uh, I'm going to get a membership to the gym. You know, all those things are good, right? All of these things are great because, because I do believe that there are times in the year um, where just there's, there's a need to refocus. And so while I certainly don't want to discourage any of you in your plans for health and for fitness, because those are great, because I think that honestly, we should be fit all year round, not just in January. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so I'm working towards that. But we started thinking about January as a church. I started thinking about what is it that God wants to do this year? I mean, naturally around this time of the year, we finished with Christmas and the New Year's uh, holiday is now over. And now the Pittsburgh's Steelers' season is unfortunately over. So sad. I'm kind of mellowed out today because of that. But now that all of those things that we look forward to are behind us, I started thinking about about this year. Okay, what is it that we're looking forward to now? What am I believing for this year? Maybe you're feeling the same way. What is 2015 going to mean to you? What is it going to be for you and for your family? What Maybe you haven't put a whole lot of thought into it, but when you think of 2015, you almost, almost, maybe some of you almost cringe. You're thinking, you know, 2014 was a pretty rough year. I don't know if I can take another one of those years. Maybe, maybe you, you have a, a sense of excitement. Maybe 2014 ended in a good light and you're thinking, man, I'm just going to ride this wave into 2015 and I'm excited. Maybe you're in a season of your life where some things are transitioning and changing and you're excited for the future of what's going to be coming. Well, this year, I'm believing that God wants to do some, some pretty amazing things in our lives. I'm believing that God wants to do incredible things. I'm believing he wants to teach us. I believe that God wants to teach us about who he is and what he says. You know, I believe that he wants us to learn about him. I believe that he wants to bless us. I believe that this year, he wants to take this year and make it a year where we look back and say, wow, God was in my life. Now, a lot of times we think of blessing as as like I got more money or I got a new job, and that can certainly be a blessing, But the real concept of blessing is that God's presence is in your life at all times. We sang a song that sang, Christ, be all around us. And as I was singing that song, it said above and below, and it said before and behind. That was saying, at all sides of my being, Christ be surrounding me. And that idea, I think, is what a blessing is. We are no more blessed in life than when we have Jesus Christ surrounding us, because that means that we are exactly where we are supposed to be. And that might mean that God does give us favor in situations to where our finances do take a turn for the better, or that there are gifts that are given to us, or new jobs and new seasons of good things. I believe that God wants to bless us this year. I believe that God wants to transform us. He doesn't just want us to come to church every Sunday and sit down and and then leave the same way. And week after week after week, we look at our lives. Maybe some of you looked at 2014, the end of the year. Maybe you looked at the end of 2014, you looked back and you said, 
man, I did not accomplish the things I wanted to this year. Or that this year, I feel like I'm the same. Or if I were to look at my life, I would say, you know, I struggled with the same things this year that I did, that I did last year. I believe that God wants to transform us this year. He wants to make us new people. Not like, not people that we forget who we are, but the best version of ourselves this year. I believe God wants to transform us. I believe he wants to lead us to places. I believe that he wants to use us powerfully. He doesn't want to just show up in his power. I believe he wants to show that we are his creation and that he can use us powerfully to change lives. I also believe that God wants us to reach more people. When we first started this church, I told everybody that I knew that there are 10,000 people in Lawrenceville. 10,000 people here. And I said that is more than enough people for more than one church. Because I had some pastors who were, you know, they they were in a church nearby and and they were saying, oh, how's this all going to work out? And I said, hey, we're on the same team. There are 10,000 people in this community. And then if you expand it out just five or 10 minutes, there's over 45,000, 50,000 people here. I mean, there's just more to be reached, and God wants us to reach more. He wants to set people free this year. There are people in this room who need set free from things. Imagine the people outside these doors who are in their beds right now who don't know Jesus and the things they need set free from. He wants to set them free. He wants to bring hope. He wants to bring life to the broken. He wants to bring hope to the hopeless. There are people who are living their lives right now in this community, in your neighborhood, in your next door, people who are across the fence from you who are living in hopeless situations. They cannot see the way out of their situations. God wants to bring hope to them. They're looking at their marriages that is crumbling. They're looking at their kids' lives that are getting involved in things they don't need to be getting into or, or their family members are in jail or whatever the situation might be. Jesus wants to set them free. He wants to bring them hope and bring them true life this year. And he wants to heal both physically and spiritually and emotionally. God is alive and he is still able to heal people. I have seen his miracles. I have seen God do the miraculous of healing disease. It's not just from 2,000 years ago when Jesus touched people and their diseases were healed. That still happens today. I've seen it happen. I've seen, I have actually seen a deaf person be able to hear. And that sounds crazy, but when I'm sitting in the back of the, of the auditorium and there's a person who's praying over them to be healed, and that person is deaf and has not been able to hear, at least for a very long time, and they were done praying, and the person behind them, they couldn't see, snapped his fingers, and the face, to see the face of that individual light up because they heard a sound for the first time, and I don't know how long, that is the power of God, and he can do it. He can do it. This year, God wants to do some incredible things. And I have been praying and I've been seeking God for what he wants to do this year in our church and what he specifically wants to do in our lives. And as I was was praying this year, over the last few weeks, I felt like God kind of gave me a statement, like a vision statement, we'll call it that. I'm a structured individual. And so I felt like God gave me a vision statement for 2015. And this is it. This is it right here. We're going to read it together right here. It says, intentionally moving deeper and outward to make disciples of Jesus. Intentionally moving deeper and outward to make disciples of Jesus. As I was praying, God, you've done some amazing things this year. You've done some things in my life. You've done some things in our church. What are you going to do in 2015? And I felt like God said, you want, I want you to move intentionally deeper 
and outward to make disciples of Jesus. You know, that word intentional means like a decision. A decision. Intentional is a decision. And it kind of gives the image of a path, right? So we have a a picture here on the screen of of a path. The concept of walking somewhere or going somewhere. We are intentionally deciding to go up this hill. So the first part of that statement is, is intentionally. We are going to be intentional about what it is that God's asking for us. I want us to look at this vision as a journey, as a journey that we will all be taking this year, a journey of deciding to move together, intentionally moving together to do three things. One, to grow deeper in our relationship with Jesus. God wants us to grow deeper in Him, to know Him more, to push outward into our communities, to be intentional. Remember, there's that intentional piece. We're not just going to sit here and wait for it to happen. We need to make the decision and take steps to make it happen. All so that we can know him and make, become disciples. Now, what is this vision, this vision of intentionally growing deeper and outward to make disciples? What is it about? Where does it come from? Well, it, it's from this part of the Bible. It's called the Great Commission. The Great Commission. And if you've Maybe you've heard of it. If you're familiar, you've been in churches, you've heard of this, the Great Commission. I'm going to break it down really easy for you. The word commission is simple, and it makes it really clear about what it is. It is a co-mission. Co-mission, like cooperative mission. So this is the thing that Jesus, just before he was about to ascend into heaven, he had died on the cross for our sins. Praise God, his blood was shed and covers our sins. He resurrected from the grave. He came back to life. Thank you, Jesus, you overcame death and showed us that all things are being restored back to you and to creation is coming all back to what it was originally intended to be. Thank you for that. Jesus is now done with that mission and tells his disciples, I'm going away. And until I come back, you have one job to do. It is a co-mission. You need to do it together. And this is what he said. If you open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 and 20, it's very simple. He says this, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, and here it is, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And then he says, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this one thing. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. The Great Commission It's a commissioning in that it is something that we are being sent out to do. When you commission an officer or you commission a ship, you say this is your task, you are special, you were designed for this, and we are sending you out. It is a co-mission in that we are partnering with God to make it happen and partnering with each other to support ourselves on this mission. And there is no greater mission in all of human history. That is why it is called the Great Mission commission. And so the big idea of today's message, the entire message is driven off of this one point, is that God's vision is that all would know him. God's vision is that all would know him. That is the driving force behind this entire year. So if we have this vision statement of 2015 to intentionally grow deeper and outward to make disciples of Jesus, it comes straight from 
the Great Commission. And if you read it, again, Matthew 28, 18, verse 19 says, Therefore, go and make disciples of who? All the nations. All of them. He didn't say of just Israel. He didn't say just of Pittsburgh. He didn't say just the United States or just Greece or just outer Mongolia as some of our missionary couples or families are going to. He said all nations. God's vision is that all would know him. The story of God includes everyone. Every single person. And this journey that we are all on this year, this journey of faith, now becomes a mission for all of us. The church exists for this purpose. This is why Encounter Church exists. This is why the church of Jesus Christ exists. The last thing that we heard, the last words out of Jesus' mouth before he ascended to heaven was the Great Commission. It's the last thing. Imagine if you were to be going into battle and your general or your colonel or whoever was leading your group at that moment just before you were about to go onto the battlefield, told you exactly what the mission was, what the goal was, and how to accomplish it. And then as soon as you walk out there, something happens and he's no longer with you. They will continue that mission. And that is our job. That is our role. And this is a journey that we are on this year. The vision statement, let me read it one more time. It was to intentionally move deeper and outward to make disciples of Jesus. That is the journey that each one of us are on. I invite you to come with us. I invite you, but it is a journey. It's going to take time. It takes steps. It takes work. And so there are four things I thought we would go through today. What is needed for this year's journey? What is needed for our journey this year of growing deeper, growing outward to make disciples of Jesus? Let's look at it. Number one is we need a plan. We need a plan. I mean, we need to know where we're going, how we're going to get there, what the end goal is. We need to know where we're going, just like a map. A map tells us how to get somewhere, what exactly we're trying to accomplish, and how we're going to go. I mean, the Great Commission lays it all out. So let me look at it again. If you could put the, the verse back up on the screen here. I had a couple pieces that are under, underlined. He said, go and make disciples. So part of it is, is we need to get outside of our doors. That's the outward piece. We're going to go out and make disciples. Verse 20 then says, teach these new disciples. So that's the growing deeper part. So very specifically, he gives us, he says, go and grow, go and grow, or grow and go, back and forth. It's just this cycle, and that's what we're doing. The church's job, who we are, is to go into our communities, go into the entire world, tell the people about Jesus, bring them in, make disciples, grow in him, go back out, get more people, rinse, repeat. That's the concept of the Great Commission. That's our plan. Teaching them to be deeper. That's our weekend services. Every Sunday, you're going to get something that's going to help you grow in your faith with Jesus. Life groups are going to start back up next month. I'm excited for life groups. We had our first semester, and it was incredible. Incredible. The relationships and the the spiritual growth and just the authenticity that happened in this first semester in our groups. We're going to be expanding our groups. We'll have a couple more groups this year. I'm excited. Join a life group next month because it's going to be incredible. You will grow in your faith in life groups. In personal relationship growth, it takes time for you to spend time in the Word, and we'll talk more about that next week, and and in prayer and quiet times and spending time with Jesus on your own. We need to grow deeper. We need to be outward as well. 
Outward is about our outreaches. We're intentionally making choices as a church to not just box ourselves in. We're going to go out to where people are. Serving a church is an opportunity to join teams and be able to use the gifts that God has given you to be able to make what he wants happen. This engine of the machine that is Encounter Church, that is the body of Christ, runs off of the parts, which are you and I, that God has made us to do. We need to be serving in church. We need to be serving in our communities. And we need to make it a personal mission field. Just like I said, personal growth time, we also need to make the, the personal cost or the time to say, you know what, I need to be meeting people who aren't Christians. If all you know are people who are Christians, then we're not doing our jobs. We need to know people who don't know Jesus so that we can share that hope with them. We need to make a personal mission field, and then we need to make disciples. That's the third part of the mission statement. Those are lives that have been transformed and turned over to Jesus. I'm not interested as a pastor in having people raise their hands and walk out the door and be the same that they were just the earlier today for the rest of their life. I want lives transformed. Notice that the Great Commission did not say, go into all the world and get people to join your church. Notice it did not say, go into all the world and fill your Sunday mornings with hundreds of people with awesome rock and roll worship. What it did say was to go and make disciples. People who are disciples are people whose lives have Christ all around them. People who live their life off of what is it that Jesus Christ wants for me? How will this decision affect my relationship with God? How is it, before I do anything, what is God saying to me and what's he looking for from me? That's a disciple. Someone whose life in their entire bent of existence is sitting underneath the one who is teaching. We're called to make disciples. And everything that we do this year will be run through the lens of this vision. Every decision we make as a church, if you ask your question, why does Encounter Church do it this way? Why is Encounter Church doing this? Why are we doing this outreach? Why are, we, why are we singing this song? Why are we teaching this way? Whatever it might be, a discussion has been made beforehand about what can we do to intentionally grow deeper and outward to make disciples of Jesus. That's what our job is this year. And that's the job every year. But this year, I felt like that specifically was what God was asking of us. So number one is we need a plan. We need a plan for this journey, and that's our plan. The second thing we need for our journey is supplies. Supplies. you got to know what you need to get there. What will help us get there? We need preparation. you got to be able to say, for this journey, I need certain things that are going to help me be, have the strength to get where I'm going to go, to know exactly what it is that I need to be able to be successful. These are things that are going to help us grow in our relationship with God. We also need some traveling partners. We need people to go on this journey with us, and that's each other. That's part of the supplies. I need people to go because sometimes I might get lost. Or sometimes when I'm on the journey, it might be really hard. Sometimes I might fall down and bruise my knee or get a cut or a scrape. I need somebody to help me through this. We have traveling partners for our journey. It's important, though, while you're packing up your, your, your backpack to know that you count the cost, too. What is it going to take in order for me to get to the destination? We have a plan. It's easy enough to say, oh, man, I'm going to the Grand Canyon. But how are you going to get there? Well, how much gas does it cost? Do I have a car that will take me that far? Do I need to get it serviced? Am I going to have somebody to go with me? Do I have the map? 
What about my time off? How am I going to replace the, the money from my paycheck? Or whatever it might be, you need to count the cost of this journey. We're inviting you on this trip with us, on this trip, this journey with us this year to grow deeper and to grow outward so we can make disciples of Jesus, so we can become more of disciples of Jesus. But it costs something. We can't just, we can't be the church that God wants us to be if we're not willing to make choices and prioritize in our life. We have to make God's work our priority. We have to make, we can't grow deeper if we're not willing to grow closer to Jesus, and that means giving up other things that pull us away from him. We can't have more people come to know Jesus if we're never outside in our communities. You gotta count the cost. What is it gonna take for us and for each individual this year? And it takes personal investment. It takes your tithes. It takes your, your giving. It takes your finances. It takes your, your energy. It takes your, 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 just your passion. It takes your gifts. It takes whatever you have to personally invest into the house of God so that God's mission can be done. But those supplies will help us. They ensure our health. They keep us safe on the road. They keep us strong. And they build strength in our lives. So we need a map. We need a plan. We need the supplies to get there. The third thing we need in this journey is we need commitment. Or expectation, I'm sorry. We need expectation. What are we hoping for this year? What do we want to see? What do we want to see at the end of the year? What is it when we look back and we say, wow, this year, I'm so glad we did this thing or got to this place. What do we want to see along the way? What is my part in this? Ask yourself that question. What is my part in this journey? I encourage you to expect to see God's miracles in your life. I think just as much of this year is built around expectation. When we took our kids to Disney World a couple years ago, Part of the reason that the, the vacation was so amazing was because of the expectation that they had built up on the way. So when they got there, all the 18 hours of driving to Florida, all the work that it took, all the money that we saved to make that trip happen as parents, all paid off because when we got there, we had an incredible experience because we had an expectation of what was going to happen while we were there. And I think this year, you would be remiss if you went through your whole year and said, I'm expecting, I, at the end of this, I want to grow deeper in my relationship with Jesus. I want to be more outward in my faith. And I want to make disciples. I want to become a true disciple of Jesus or I want to help make other disciples. I think you'd be remiss if you said that's what you want if you don't have an expectation of what that might look like in your life. And so God wants to do things. I mentioned in the beginning that God wants to bring breakthroughs in your life, that he wants there to be financial increases in your life this year. I believe that if you're struggling financially because you make bad choices, poor choices in your finances, that God wants to help you get on track with those things. I'm not saying God's going to make you a millionaire. What I am saying is that if you have, you're making poor choices in your life, whether it be financially, whether it be communicatively, whether it be relationally, no matter what it is, if you make poor choices in your life, you will reap the same results. But I believe that God wants to show you a better way this year. And that part of your expectation of growing mature in his faith and helping other people to know him is to be able to make changes in your life and expect changes in your life as you make these steps. Expect to God to do miracles in your life. But also expect the unexpected. Sometimes God does things that you totally weren't expecting, like you'll get a check in the mail for money that you weren't expecting. 
Other times, un, un, difficult things will come along. You need to expect that anything can happen, but that God is with you. And that this journey that we are on this year is you just take one step at a time, that God will be with us. Expectation. Expect God to show up big time in our lives. And you know, our actions reflect our expectations. So if I am going on a journey to growth, I want to grow my relationship with Jesus, and I'm expecting to grow, then my actions should reflect that. I'm going to take time to do certain things. Just as excited as I was to go to Disney World, I'm actually going to get in the car and drive to it. Actions reflect our expectations. Let's expect to grow deeper this year. Let's expect to push outward and make disciples. Let's make our lives, let's make our choices, let's make our actions reflect our expectations. And the last thing that is needed for this journey this year, we need a plan, we need supplies, we need an expectation, and we need commitment. Commitment. You know, this journey takes commitment. Sometimes the journey is hard. Sometimes it's difficult. It's not always easy. There's going to be bumps in the road. There are going to be things that are going to cause us to wonder, is this worth it? You know, launching this church, while it is a group activity, there is something, there's something about the, the individuals who are the ones who ha- had that vision. And my wife and I, there were times where we felt very alone. Not in alone as in the sense of, in the sense of that there was no one supporting us, but that the weight of it, you know, the weight of this, this endeavor, the significance of what we're doing here at this church, it weighs on me sometimes. And there are days where things feel hard, where I feel like, God, I need more help. I need more of you. And I think that's normal. I think that's okay. Because I know that I surround myself with people who are going to help me. I have a commitment to this thing that we do here at church on Sunday mornings in our life groups. I have a commitment that no matter what comes my way, I will move forward because God told me to go. And the same is true of you. It's true of all of us. We are a family and we are in this together. And there will be times where in your life, this year, something is going to come up and you're going to be tempted to not come to church because you're just tired or you're dealing with something. I encourage you, do not give into that temptation. You stand up and you say, no, I'm committed to this journey. I'm committed to what God has said and what he wants for me this year. I'm not just talking about as a church. I'm saying you as a person. You cannot grow in your faith if you are disconnected from God and disconnected from his people. It's just not going to happen. We need support from God and from each other. You know, Jesus said at the end, the last thing that he said was, be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. God is faithful. He is faithful to do what he said that he will do. He said, the gates of hell will not prevail against this church. He said, I will build my church. And oftentimes people think the gates of hell prevailing against it means that, that, that hell is expanding. That hell, that the powers of darkness are just expanding so rapidly that it's going to crush in the doors of the church. And that's not what it means. When he said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it, it means that the kingdom of God is attacking the darkness. 
is that we are going out into our communities and the gates of hell will not stand up against the force of Jesus Christ. That means that when we go out into our communities and we go praying in the spirit and we go out on a Sunday or we go out on a Saturday into the big hunt or to our back to school bash or whatever it is, whether we're giving food to the homeless, whether we're at work on our own lives or whatever we're doing, if we do it in the name of Jesus Christ, we have his authority to dispel the darkness in that place. And so whatever this school is used for during the week and the dark things that happen here to people, and I'm not saying this school is a great place, but there, are, there is evil that happens here. The kids bring into their homes, bring into school from their homes and the things that happen there. I pray over this building every Sunday and I believe that God works on Sunday mornings here. Why? Because we pray against the darkness that happens in this place. When we go out and we do prayer walks around the community, I walk up and down our streets sometimes, or I'm walking along Butler to go get lunch or whatever. Sometimes I look down 43rd, 44th, 45th Street, or up and down Hatfield or whatever it is, and I pray. I say, Jesus Christ, in your power, dispel the darkness out of this place. Let lives be transformed. Give them curiosity about this place. And I believe that when we do that, we pray in power and authority that Jesus Christ gives us, that it dispels that darkness. He said, I am with you. If you want to do incredible things this year in your life, if there are things you struggle with, pray against it in the name of Jesus. If there are things that are holding you back this year, you say, I will not be held bonded by this thing anymore in Jesus' name. Break off of me. And I'm not saying like you have that power. It's the power of Jesus Christ living inside of you this year that wants to free you from the things you have struggled with the temptations, the things that you continually go back to. And the same thing is true of this church. And as a church, if we bind together as a body of believers and we say we are taking this community for Jesus, that the gates of hell, the darkness that is surrounding people in their lives, that it cannot prevail against the light of Jesus Christ. It just can't. And so when we bring that light, we are carriers of the light. When we bring it into our neighborhoods, when we talk to our neighbors, we go home and we pray for them. When we do kind things to them, when we sacrifice our lives for them, we are carrying the light of Jesus Christ into the world. And the Bible says that the darkness cannot prevail against it. That is what can happen this year. In 2015, if we just hold strong, If we follow these four things this year, having a plan, having our supplies, our expectation, and commitment, we will grow deeper in our relationship with God. We will reach more people outside the walls of this church. And we will make more disciples. So our challenge for the day is very simple. Sign up for the trip. Just sign up for this trip that we're going on. I talked about the journey. The next three weeks of this, let the future begin. The future begins now. It begins today. Sign up for this journey. And every day, we're going to take a step. And I commit to you, I will walk this with you. I will walk with you. Will you walk with me? Will you come with me? Will you learn? Will you grow? Will you push outward? Will you become a disciple with me? Will you help me make more disciples? Let's commit to going deeper this year. Let's commit to pushing outward this year. Let's become a disciple. Let's become disciple makers. Come on. Thanks for listening to this message from Encounter Church. 
If you call Encounter Home or if you would like to partner with us to support the work that God is doing here, you can take advantage of our online giving option. Just go to EncounterPGH.com and click on the Support Encounter tab on the left side. This is a quick and simple way to stay up to date with your regular giving. We hope you join us next week.